We ask for your protection over our school and we pray that we will be kept from harm throughout the night. Amen. So, are you ready? Yep. All right. Hello, and welcome back to Scream 101, our loyal listeners. Um, I am Sergio. And I am Brennan. And Brennan, will you mind telling our loyal fans what it is that we are doing here today? Well, this is a horror movie review podcast where myself, a horror expert, and yourself, a horror novice, uh, review horror movies. Uh, this month, we're catching up on what we missed in 2017 as the year draws to a close. Uh We'll be discussing what is probably can only be described as fringe horror um, when we do Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled in a minute or so. But first, let's do 10 word reviews. Of Wouldn't the it be movies. gothic horror? Southern gothic suspense. It's just like, it's enough horror-y that I'm willing to do it on the podcast, but not enough that I feel like super confident calling it a horror film. Okay, fair enough. I mean, we did, we've done some very questionable entries before so that's true anyway so 10 word reviews of films we've watched in the past recently all right so i'm gonna start us off the house good for a belly laugh and other laughs (laughs) other smaller laughs Uh, my review of the house is filmed at csulb so it gets an extra point Mm -hmm. which brings it up to like i don't know two and a half (laughs) all right m butterfly uh, a better play than a movie. Jeremy Irons looked dashing, though. My review of M. Butterfly is falls into exactly the traps it's meant to subvert. All right. Our last movie is Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Uh, I come from the land of the ice and snow. Where something, something, and something glows. Are you done? Uh, okay, so I guess not. All right. Thor's arms can fix flooded basements everywhere. <laughs> yes, uh, I don't. I think they're cracking open the foundations of every basement. <laughs> yeah, this is the best one I can come up with. Okay, he's a handyman. Um, Thor Ragnarok. Waititi's humor shines through, but it's still a Thor movie. Mm-hmm. That is a positive review. I did enjoy it very much, mm-hmm. but it's still a Thor movie. Like, come on. He's still one of the lesser uh, Avengers. Yeah. Can we uh, not to but, do? But but let us not forget that at least he has a movie. As opposed to what me? Little the the fake one. Uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. AKA my favorite Avenger. Yeah. Um, I, I just honestly any of the Avengers solo outings, I'm like, eh. But when they're together, I'm like, this seems fun. Well, yeah, because when they're together, it's just a bunch of friends hanging out eating pizza. Yeah, I'm into that. Um, but yeah, not to derail it too much, but honestly, I don't think I have that much to say about the Beguiled, so why not? Um, Thor Ragnarok. I still have no idea how Asgard as a society works. Like, because it's mostly just a bunch of Norse gods, but somehow they have civilians. And they need worshippers. Yeah, yeah, but it's mostly just this shining golden city on a hill uh, that is its own planet, but it's got waterfalls falling off into space. But then there's a scene where there, there's like a river and a forest. And I'm like, how did this get on Asgard? It makes no sense. The geography and the sociology of Asgard are really confusing, and I don't want it to be explained, but I hope it goes away. You can read the comic books, and I'm sure it'll clear some stuff up for you. I'd rather not. 
Um, anyway, so we watched Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled, starring Nicole Kidman and Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell and, and Elle Fanning and Kirsten Dunst and Smelly. Angry Rice that's from who, the Nice Guys. I call her Smelly. Yeah, well, that's an inside joke and not a mean joke about Angry Rice, who is incredible and gets nothing to do with this movie. And for all we know, she is not Smelly. I'm pretty sure she's not, but you know what? I couldn't tell. And it was you back in Civil War yeah. time, so probably everyone was Smelly. I don't know if they showered back then. Do you yeah. know if like, at what point we removed that trait? What? The non-showering trait from our Europe, well, your European friends. Well, I don't think the shower was invented yet. They did give Colin Farrell a sponge bath at one point, so that I think that's true. how it mostly worked. Mm. Um, but here is the review. Corporal John McBurney is an injured Union soldier who finds himself on the run as a deserter during the Civil War. He seeks refuge at an all-female Southern boarding school where the teachers and students seem more than willing to help. Soon, sexual tensions lead to dangerous rivalries as the women tend to his wounded leg while offering him comfort and companionship. Uh, yeah, and that this is one where we don't really need to explain the plot much more because it is a very slow burn and almost nothing happens until the final third act. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be spoiling this movie. Spoiler alert. Maybe Colin Farrell has sex? It's very dark. It's hard to tell. I don't think he has any sex. I think he's Oh, wait, to... he does totally port Kirsten Dunst, though. Oh, yeah, no, no, he gets it in with her. That was a really weird scene, kind of. Kind of, mostly. Anyway, we rate all of our movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. Uh, let's start with the shortest conversation, scariness. What's your scariness score? Um, I'm going to say two and a half. Okay, I'm actually giving it a two. So why? What affected you about it? The way the movie was done and this kind of weird sort of gothic emptiness kind of setting... Uh, I was always on the verge of... I was always feeling that I was on the verge of something happening. Uh, yeah, and most of the time, nothing, nothing happened. happened. But then, things did, eventually. Eventually, things did start to pick up a little bit of steam. Uh, emphasis on a little bit. <laughs> hey. um, but I liked it. It was, you know... It made me feel something. Yeah, and... um, No, I agree. Like, it is... The first hour is very, very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, But the thing is... Like, there's something very interesting in how abruptly the power dynamics shift in the middle of the story. Uh-huh. Because for most of the story, um, Colin Farrell has a wounded leg, and he's kind of, you know, beguiling these women to take care of him, even though he's a soldier for the opposite side. And he's he's handsome, so they want to keep him around. And the younger girls like him because he's someone to talk to and like a father figure type situation. Mm-hmm. And the older girls, like Elle Fanning, just want to bone down on his eyebrows, which I do not blame them. Um, but basically, he's an invalid for the first hour of the film. Like he is in severe pain, he can't move. So the women are attending to him and they have the power. But as soon as he gets his strength back, even though he does. He gets his, like, shin cut off. Like, he gets one of his legs cut off at one point. Mm -hmm. He seems totally fine. He doesn't need to recover from that nearly as much as he had to recover from the gunshot wound to his leg, Mm -hmm. which seems inaccurate, maybe. But um, as soon as he's hale and hearty enough to start moving around, the power shifts really abruptly, and he starts terrorizing them. And that's something that's really shocking after such a calm and sedate first hour and mm-hmm. i think it really worked yeah um no you're right uh because 
I don't know what I was expecting from this movie. To me, the trailers were a little misleading and that I was expecting it to sort of be like a weird uh, kind of, not necessarily a torture porn film, but a movie where the women were in control and slowly going to destroy Colin Farrell. Uh-huh. But it really wasn't that. It was them healing this man, them sort of falling in love with him, uh, that love breaking in one instant, uh, in one instant in this one scene. And after that, he is no longer the man that they were caring for. Uh-huh. He is this monster unleashed. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, rightfully they, so. They kind of healed him and revealed his true nature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's a little misleading because that fo- that one scene is a scene that he lost his foot. Yeah, you mean the scene where he goes crazy? Yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's enough to turn any man crazy. Yeah, but the thing, like the thing is, there's this movie is kind of detached enough from its characters that there's a lot of readings of it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you could read it as like the women kind of toying with this play thing that they have found in the woods. Um, like up until the very end, mm-hmm. like he does gain power at a certain point, but everything that happens to him is because of them. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't actually inflict harm on any of them. Yeah. But also it can be read in the way of like, he is tricking them. Um, and mm-hmm. like pitting them against each other. Yeah. And that following that one scene, you really kind of do realize that he is the other in this situation. Or at least I feel that they realize that. Whereas the girls were before very kind of optimistic about him. Like, Oh, Miss uh-huh. Martha, you should let him stay. We have to convince him to stay because you'll be a great gardener or whatever the hell. Uh-huh. Um, and then it's like, Nope. He harmed Harry the turtle. Yeah. There was a turtle harmed in the making it. Well, in the a fictional turtle. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Um. Yeah. Well, what was your campiness score then? This is zero. Okay. I gave it a one because I don't want to go off go off the rating scale. Um. There were a couple. There were some moments that were full of like great. Sass. Yeah. Great. Uh. Shade throwing, from the little girls. Mm-hmm. Oh man. There's a part where Kirsten Dunst is wearing like a brooch. Because everyone's kind of dressed up because there's new guys in the house. It's the morning after they found him. Yeah. And the little girl steals Kirsten Dunst's pearl earrings and Dunst tries to chastise her for it. And she's like, well, we're all dressed up now, aren't we, Miss Kirsten? And it's just like, it's just really savage sass. Yeah. You were not expecting that from this little like uh, cherub faced child. I was like, wow, she really went in. Yeah, that w- it was pretty great. But you know what? That's some good parlor room dialogue it is but i as an educator i'm offended that kirsten dunce was not like listen little bitch you're about to get a ruler okay like this is the days back in education when you could whoop a child for speaking that way to a teacher not anymore now it's like go to the principal's office and it's like oh well i sure show them they'll never do that again uh yeah <laughs> well <laughs> that's true but no there were a couple solid moments like that um, anyway, what's your effects score for The Beguiled? Um, was there any other Capitalist moments besides that one? Not really. It was a, it's a very sober movie. What do I think? Let me think. I think we can even think of something. Okay. Uh, um, oh, I think there was one unintentionally campy shot. Okay, what? Uh, Nicole Kidman tells one of the children, little, is it Annie? No one knows. Uh, I'm going to say little Annie. Her name has been lost to history. <laughs> Uh, tells little Annie um, to go tie little a little orphan Annie <laughs> to go tie a blue ribbon and on the gate to alert the Confederate soldiers that they have a Union man within their midst. Yeah, excuse me. And uh, and so the little girl goes to do that uh, in the very next scene. 
But then, like Colin Farrell, all invalid, missing a leg, is like, what, what are you doing there? Right at the yeah, gate. He has somehow snuck up on her and teleported across the yard. Yeah. And it's like neither of those things seem entirely accurate. Yeah, you would think that the women would be distracting him. The Nicole Kidman would be a little bit more vigilant about what's happening. But nope, there he is following her. And it also... At- it also cuts to them all watching out the window. Yeah. And just like being like, oh, I wonder how this is going to turn out. <laughs> that was a surprisingly funny scene. Mm, and then right. he was moving at like breakneck pace too. It's like this man just lost a leg and already he's a wizard on crutches. No, I'm serious. Like it took him like a week to recover from like one gunshot wound and then it m- milliseconds to get over his whole leg being cut off. Yeah, so some of the uh, more technical aspects of this film could have been improved, I would say. Yeah, just some of the, like, realism aspects. And in a certain movie, you wouldn't mind. Like, people in action movies heal from crazy injuries super fast all the time. Mm-hmm. And you don't care. But this movie is so committed to, like, like I said, sober, stark, cold, realistic quality. Mm-hmm. To the point that I'm pretty sure they... Either they were attempting to mimic natural light or they only used candlelight. But the movie was hella dark, you guys. It was really difficult to see anything. <laughs> and it was very frustrating. There were certain points where it's like, oh, you're obfuscating the truth. No one knows what's really happening. But most of the time it's like, I just can't see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what's your effect score? My effect score will be... Um... I didn't give too much thought to this. I'll I will give, give you it, mine. Okay. I will give it four candles. Whoa. Why? Because I thought the costumes were very pretty. Again, that's not an effect. Um, but okay. Can you make dresses like that, Brennan? I could buy one at Can a you store. Make them? No. Then you will not get a four. But, but the thing is, if I made one, I could make them all because all the dresses looked exactly the same. I don't know. They were very subtly different. One was pink. One was a pale blue, uh-huh. one was a pale white, one was eggshell cream, one was pink blue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give it two out of five because there is um, a pretty gross scene where she has to like sew up Colin Farrell's wound. This movie is not about gore in mm-hmm. any way or effects or any anything <laughs> mainly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it had something, so I gave it another point just to be nice. Okay. Uh, I really did like how everything was lit by candlelight. But you couldn't see it. But it, This I is w- why we don't use candles anymore. But I felt like I was transported there to like the Civil War times. Who wants that, though? I mean, I'm sure there are several people who would want that. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, what's your quality score overall? Um... Quality score? I would give it a four. Really? I give it a three. Yeah. I really want to like this movie more than I did, so that's why I gave Okay, it a you were four. trying to force it. Yeah. Um and to answer my previous question, whereas there are several people who would like to go and see Civil War times, I'm not one of them. Um I can appreciate them on screen, uh-huh. but uh it's like some things are better left of the past. Some struggles, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and like the fact that our like it 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 does run entirely lost on you that the heroes are Confederates, mm-hmm. and it's like oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but they're Confederate women, so one can make the argument that they're innocent and all this. Yeah, which is fine. Um, Although another person can make the argument that the war was fought on the basis to protect women. Yeah, uh, 
we don't have to rehash your co- post-colonialist essay about the tempest from class. Yeah, one never knows. One never knows. Anyway, well, education might come in handy. I'm giving it three out of five stars. The last half hour, like I've been saying, is a pretty savage, fun parlor drama suspense movie. Mm-hmm. You um, know what? What I really liked the most about this movie, okay, what, um, was the ultimate like death sequence. Ooh, yeah, chain the, of events. Because they're feeding him poison mushrooms. Yeah, um, Brennan just spoiled it for you guys. Sorry. Uh, so that's kind of rude, straight up. I uh, warned about spoilers. Um, but uh, like this little girl, like they're all okay. So first off, I don't really know why. Uh, this is one of the big re- like what questions from the movie is that Kirsten Dunst like all of a sudden leaves the gr- the girl the woman posse and goes upstairs to Colin Firth and just Colin Farrell. Oh, Colin Farrell. Yeah, goes to his room. And like just gets Por- railed, porks the hell out of him. Yeah, I don't really know why. Um, Look, it was her last chance. I guess so. Uh, yeah, she. They just are having sex. He did seem to calm down afterwards, so I think he was just horny. <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, so meanwhile, Nicole Kidman and the girls are downstairs, and they're kind of like debating as to what's going to happen. They're like, if he leaves, he will lead the uh, Union soldiers here, and then we'll be forced to give them our chickens or something. Uh, and so meanwhile, the mean little girl, the sassy girl who like, uh, totally, uh, put, in, uh, Kirsten Dunst's Dunst. face in the dirt uh-huh. was like, you know how little orphan Annie likes to dig up mushrooms and you know how Colin Farrell likes mushrooms. What if we dig up some mushrooms that aren't, that are just special for him, you know? Yeah. And like, you know what they're saying? Like, oh shit, uh-huh. they're about to poison him. And then sure enough, Nicole Kimmel was like, did you get all that little Annie? Did you? And then, so there she, there she goes digging and, up mushrooms. Yeah. And that's a pretty tense scene where they're trying to get him to eat the mushrooms. Cause mm-hmm. Kirsten Dunst does not know about this plan. Yeah. Cause she was busy getting railed upstairs. <laughs> yeah, she was. Well, she was distracting Colin so they could formulate the plan. See, that's what I would think, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, she would. She did not have that kind of foresight. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So yeah, Kirsten Dunst almost eats the mushrooms, and they have to find a way to get her to not, while still not alarming him about the mushrooms. Yeah, little Annie's all like, "Oh, you don't like mushrooms, right? Yeah, or you hate them." That She's actually, like, that scene maybe is ends a little more abruptly than I was hoping. Like I was hoping there would be another wrinkle to it, mm-hmm. like him being like slowly dying and then being like, "Well, yes." We poisoned you. Or no, just like, well, him realizing what was happening or Kirsten Dunst about to eat the mushrooms. Because she really, she does uh, relent very quickly. She's like, oh, you're right. I don't like mushrooms. And it's like, well, that's a weird thing to say, Mm -hmm. but okay. Mm -hmm. Like, she suddenly forgot she didn't like mushrooms. It didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was expecting it to last just a little bit longer. And I was honestly thinking they were going to let her die. Yeah, me too. Because she was a traitor. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, no, that's uh, you mentioned something about Chekhov's mushrooms while we were watching the movie. Yeah, because I fully expected um, at one point in the movie, there are Confederate soldiers at their gates. And Nicole Kidman, I guess, is deciding as to whether to tell them that, you know what, they have a Union soldier upstairs. And you, the one thing you do hear her say is ask for some bullets that they have because she has a gun. And she's uh-huh. like, I would feel much safer if there were bullets for this gun. Uh, and so like literally there is a gun and you're like, okay, clearly someone's going to get shot by this gun. Um, but it's mentioned earlier on that, uh, little Annie likes to dig for mushrooms and, you know, cook them. 
she's not sure if they're safe or not to eat, but that's what she does to help feed the feed the women folk. Yeah. Um, and then later on, we, we, we find out that these mushrooms that little Annie likes to dig up will be the ones thing that kills Colin Farrell and not the gun that we had originally thought, which I thought was really clever. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And there's also there's another moment like that where one of the first moments we see the girls in school is they're being taught how to sew and they keep being told to keep their stitches straight and close together. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, that line kind of comes back as they're stitching shut the like shroud around his corpse, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think a lot of the imagery and content surrounding his death and their power over him is very much stems from like the women's sphere. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I had found really interesting and you compelling. You mean that, uh, like, the one thing that keeps them alive is the fact that they're women with women's uh, skills? No, I'm saying the thing that kills him is women's skills. Oh. Like, the, he's literally murdered around the kitchen table, which is, like, always a really powerful symbol of women's power in the home. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the idea of women belonging in the kitchen, mm-hmm. like, they use the kitchen against the man. Mm-hmm. They use sewing against the man. They use, like, their knowledge of, like, food and proprietary and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And they use the tools at their disposal to destroy this, like, masculine force that has entered their lives. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I found really interesting. The most interesting thing about the movie, which is not super interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, no, that was pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall the movie's really well done. Uh, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it's, it's not a poorly made movie by any respect. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if it deserves as much praise as it's gotten, because uh, there was quite a great deal of buzz about this movie. Yeah. Uh, when it first came out, um, I think the production values are really where the movie shines, and clearly there are stellar performances going all around. Uh huh. Um, even the little girls were pretty great actresses. Um, so I think that's, you know, we have to talk about that just a little bit. Give props where props is due. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly wasn't wowed by a performance in this movie. Is that because there was no singular performance and it was more of an ensemble? Maybe it was, well, just cause like, it's just a very chilly movie. Everyone's very subdued Mm -hmm. and that is in and of itself an acting challenge, but it's just not something that I found too... Nothing. I wasn't drawn to any particular character or actor. I wasn't drawn to any character or actor, but I was really drawn to this scene, to like how the scene to me was kind of a character in and of itself. Okay, and they are responsible for that, mm-hmm. so that makes sense. This like um, this just untouched land, you know, just this really serene area that's peaceful, and it's kind of hard to imagine that wartime is going on. I was like, oh, it's peaceful. I want to watch Cold Mountain now. <laughs> Great. Yeah, no, that, that that's the beguiled, I guess. This is a short episode. How much? How long well, is it? I'm trying to make it longer. Minutes, so that's I'm trying fine. to make it longer. No, I think we're just fine. Nobody needs to hear about the beguiled more than this, I think. I don't know. I'm sure there are podcasts out there that are like five hours long. Analyze yeah. it minute by minute. I mean, yeah. Okay, so last minute, what we analyzed was a little Annie picking this mushroom. Uh-huh. And now we're going to analyze her picking this next mushroom. And let me tell you, there is a difference between the two. I'm being yep. I'm being a a crazy podcaster. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sure there is too and there's also a new Nicole Kidman podcast that I'm sure will have a very long episode about this eventually. The Kidman Manifesto, I listened to the first episode and it was great. 
It's fine. You didn't listen to it, so you can't be a judge. You played me clips. You didn't listen to You liked some of the clips. You were laughing. I don't remember that. I, I do not recall. Anyway, um, I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week. But first, here's how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod. On Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You know what I was thinking? What? We should come up with a song when we announce this stuff. Email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. That's kind of hard to rhyme unless you have a bomb. Uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> um also, uh, find us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because we're back. I'm happy to be back. I'm ha- I missed you guys. Give us five stars. Anyway, what That's we're watching. That's all you have to do. What? Give us five stars and we'll sing for you. And we won't take a poo. Pikachu. Well, we have to do that. Well, not immediately. Anyway. So in a weird place. What we're watching next week is actually a movie that both of us have seen um before, but this is a movie that I had to agree to in order to get Sergio on board for this month. Yep. So next week we'll be catching up once more with Annabelle Creation. Uh the second sequel in recent memory that massively improves on a mediocre original after Ouija, the origin of evil. It's a little rude, but okay. The original Annabelle is fine, mm-hmm. but it's Annabelle creation is still a pretty like impressive feat. Mm-hmm. Also, both of those movies that improved on the original feature a starring performance by child actress Lulu Wilson. So she knows what's up. <laughs> she knows how to pick a script. Although, yeah. you know, she did fail when she tried to do the new cop and a half movie. So she can't resurrect every dead franchise. <laughs> You know what? She's well. The other two franchises weren't dead. No, not dead, but like she can't redeem every franchise. Okay, is what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. But that is her, by the way. <laughs> the she has a good agent. Girl. Clearly, she's getting work. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Her and Angry Rice, my favorite child actresses of the day. What about Millie Brown? Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. I guess I like her. Uh, like she's good. For some reason. I do not have any powerful emotions towards her, but she's very good. Really? Because I was like, there are so many people who are like obsessed with these kids. Uh huh. Uh huh. I think Finn Wolfhard is really good. The kid who plays Mike in Stranger Things. Which one's Mike? The one who's like the main kid who's friends with Eleven, and he has weird hair, but not as weird as Will Byers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. I wasn't sure if Mike was Will or not. No, Will Byers is Will Byers, and. I'm only on episode two of um, the season two of Stranger Things, uh-huh. but I keep hoping he gets barbed because I find him so boring. Watch. You'll be watching and all of a sudden he'll just be like glocked and you'll be like, oh no, I didn't mean for it to happen. Because remember that does happen to me. when we were watching House of Cards and you like straight up. Yeah, I kept, I've kept, yeah, no, I was mean to a character and then she did die and I was like, oh no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, we straight up ranted on this. We did, but no, Will Byers, he keeps being like, oh, the upside down. Oh, whatever. And I'm like, you, you, you're acting like you were in the first season, but I saw you for like 45 seconds and that's all I needed. Move on. Um, I know you haven't seen it yet, but to be fair, Will Byers is actually one of the stronger performers this season. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
I'm really slow. I'm so behind uh, the rest of America mm-hmm. on watching Stranger Things. I can't tell the difference between not Will and the other one, the mic. Um, but one has slightly worse hair. They're literally the same person. And one of them was in it. When, which one? Finn Wolfhard, who played Mike. He played uh uh I don't know, he was on a bike and he talked a lot. Was he the talker one? No, I don't know. Who was the, he oh was God. the talker oh one? No, he played Richie, I think. We're done. We're done. Anyway, so um we've this has gone on for a while. Annabelle Creation next week. See you then, see you there, be square or not, or whatever. Um oh our theme song is a beat for you by Pseudo Echo. Check them out. Until then, good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there. Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me. Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah. Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.